Hello, here's uh, another Oxford University podcast and today we are talking about applications and we're trying to get to the bottom of what makes a good application and I'm delighted to be joined by three tutors from the university. Steve Roberts, who is a materials uh, scientist, Richard Earle, who's a mathematician and Lucinda Rumsey, who is uh, an English literature tutor. We're going to focus today on looking at personal statements and uh, the application and we're also trying to identify what you can be doing at this stage in the application process uh, with still uh, quite a few months to go before you actually have to submit to try and uh, ensure that you you make a fully comprehensive uh, application to Oxford this year. Steve, if I can start with you. Um, The application I think for many students is pretty straightforward in many respects you know they know where they are from they know their date of birth the thing that always trips people up is the personal statement because for most applicants they've never had to write anything uh, quite as comprehensive and as focused about their their interest in higher education is there any suggestions you can give as to what you personally as a material scientist would be looking for in a personal statement yes well Given that material science is, is a pretty minority subject, it's not something that's directly covered by anything at A-levels. One of the things we're, we're really looking for in my subject is some indication in the personal statement that this is a subject that the person's thought about, that they really want to do, that they've got motivation for doing it. And so anything in there that indicates that you've, you actually know what material science is, that maybe you've done some work experience or read around the subject is the kind of thing we're looking for. And apart from that, we want to find out you know, how uh, good someone is academically. Of course, we can get from the rest of the, uh, the application. Anything else is really rather secondary. We're not so interested in extracurricular activities, unless they're relevant to the subject, things of that nature. Sport isn't particularly relevant, for example. Could I just ask, given the issue about material science being a, not a subject that students would necessarily have studied in their, in their post-16 uh, courses, mm-hmm. if a student goes off and tries to get some relevant work experience, how would you regard that? Would that be seen as a very positive and constructive activity? It would be. But on the other hand, we recognise that some people you know, that are not going to have that opportunity. It's not a, it's not a strike against mm. if somebody you know, hasn't got that. But on the other hand, if they have, well, that's interesting and uh, it certainly shows some commitment to the subject. Lucinda... English literature, much more a traditional subject, and many students will have studied it for a number of years in a variety of different guises at GCSE level, uh, maybe as part of an international baccalaureate. What sort of things do you see as contributing towards a a strong personal statement for an English literature applicant? Probably two-thirds academic and up to a third other interests. Evidence that they're interested in what they're studying at the moment and evidence that they can kind of jump off from what they're studying to look at wider reading so uh, the difference between doing for instance A-level texts and doing degree level is a lot of books and we expect our students to read about 100 books a year probably when they're doing a degree course so some signs that they're doing extra reading reading, wider reading and have an interest in wider reading if they've got a particular interest in creative writing or um, drama which are things which you can't study here as part of the course, then obviously they can talk about those as they could about something like film as, mm. as kind of relating to their English interests. But mostly it's about their interest in reading and how the interest in reading that they've had from their academic study has led to further reading. And I assume as well that there is a temptation, I think, for many applicants for English 
to just focus on the A-level course and what we've been covering on their A-level. Yes. For Oxford, that's really just... Uh, yeah, that's right. They wasting should, an opportunity. Yes, they should, they should think about... We will... Um, Possibly we'll be looking at some of their written work when you know if they come for interviews. So we'll see a bit of what they're doing in school or college. But um, to talk more about what they're reading independently mm. is is probably more helpful. And Richard, mathematics. I think many applicants are going to be, by their very nature, very strong mathematicians. How do you identify what qualities on the personal statement are you looking for to identify them as strong mathematicians for Oxford? It may that these qualities may show less on the personal statement than in some of the many other ways we have of uh, getting a sense of an applicant's strength and potential. We obviously want our students to be interested in the subject, so if they've done so, well, we'd expect them to do a little bit of wider reading and get a sense of what the university degree is going to be like. But really, we're only going to be interested in how good a mathematician they are. If they can say a little about what they enjoy, then that's great. Be honest, be individual. So if you feel there isn't a great deal you can say in that third or extra of what you can do, don't worry. It's uh, just write down what you think is an honest representation of uh, why you enjoy your subject, mm. I think is the main thing. And uh, students who participate in kind of math-based activities in schools or in their colleges, how, how do you feel about that? Well, it's worth mentioning, but as Steve has already said, these opportunities vary a great deal. So really we're interested that if you've had that opportunity, what you can say you've got out of it. So rather than just... Rather than, it's not a tick that simply you've done this, that you've got your gold medal in this or that competition. It's about perhaps what maths you met and enjoyed whilst doing that, that would be interested in. I I was going to say, another thing which I think is important for all of us is that the personal statement should be true. Um, It may sound stupid, but if you say on your personal statement, I've read all the works of Shakespeare, make sure that by the time you go to interview, you have, because unlike lots of other universities, as we interview, we... Anything you say in your personal statement, we may ask you about. Mm. And it's very embarrassing and happens a lot that you ask a candidate, you've said that you were interested in this book, and they'll say, ah, oh, I never got around to reading it, and they've forgotten even that they so wrote that on the yes. Yeah. So, so along those lines, it can be a very good idea to photocopy uh, your personal statement so you know what you said and what you promised. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. On the issue of the, the personal statement and... and the way that it comes across. I think a lot of students get confused or concerned that, you know, there's a particular style that needs to be adopted to apply it to somewhere like Oxford, you know. Does it need to be incredibly formal and, and you know, should it be uh, written that it sounds a bit like a kind of... In Oxford English. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Do you have any views on, on the, the kind of approach that students should take when writing a personal statement? What what sort of things strike a positive chord with you? Well, it is a personal statement. Mm-hmm. I think there's if somebody's trying to write something in a style which is foreign to them, it's not going to be easy and it's going to sound a bit odd. Mm. I think it's much more important that the, the person writing a personal statement writes something which is what they're comfortable with. Yes. I mean, there are points to get across and there's any number of ways of doing it and as long as somebody's happy with the way they've done it, well, I think that'll show through. Yeah, and I, I think it's best not to try to be too funny. I mean, you know, kind of trying to be funny never works. No. And, and it is like the interview, it's a, it's a sort of formal situation and I think students get really worried about trying to stand out and for Oxford it's not so important to try and stand out on a personal statement because that's not what we're deciding to interview on the basis of you know we have lots of other yes we have lots of other information so it's best yeah best to be personal and and not there have been I've seen personal statements that have really misfired because they've um, said quite outrageous things in order to get attention. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I can give you an example. Go on, why not? <laughs> I, had a candidate, <laughs> I had a candidate who wrote that his hobbies were hugging, kissing and making love. And uh, we did invite him for interview because his the rest of his application was very good. But we did talk to him about the fact that actually that was quite problematic and we thought it might be problematic for other universities. And he was intensely embarrassed and we did offer him a place and he didn't get his A-levels. Yes, uh, the approach I think often that students adopt a personal statement is a kind of memory dump initially. They write everything that they can ever think of and a good personal statement I think probably is four or five drafts in uh, from that initial um, first start. The candidates who apply to Oxford, I think it's already been touched on, feel that they've got to sort of stand out, they've got to appear better than everybody else. I think a personal statement is quite a difficult thing to maybe get that across. Uh, so should students even worry about that or should, should, should we be encouraging them to focus on their their real motivation for their subject, which actually is, is, I think, from everybody sitting around the table, the real thing that they're trying to identify. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely they should be co- focusing on their motivation and not trying to um, stand out by some kind of artificial means. Um, I don't think, I mean, if, if, for instance, if they have got something which they might think of as being almost irrelevant, um, such as their work experience, uh, you know, they not work experience, but rather working um, you know, part-time in order to earn money to go to university, then um, that may seem like something which is rather dull, you know, to talk about the fact that they do babysitting or whatever, but to mention it could be of interest to us because we would think about that in relation to their time management if yes. they're, if they're you know, kind of working really hard. So it doesn't have to be that it's full of exciting things. So an enrichment activity, like you know, travelling the world, doesn't mean any more to us than um, being able to hold down a job at the same time as getting their three A's. Yeah. I mean, many of the kind of unofficial guidebooks to applying to competitive courses always stress that they should have this kind of checklist of things that you have to do. So you've got to do some sport, you've got to play a musical instrument, you've got to do this, that and the other. No. Any sense that that applies at all here? <laughs> Academics at are not often not very well-rounded people, so we tend to read personal statements and think, "Goodness, what a great life they have! We wish we had a life too." Um, but m- people who are very academic often don't have much time for going out a lot, and traveling the world a lot. So um, we're not that doesn't disadvantage somebody if they have done, but it's not going to give them any advantage. Our decisions in the end are academic. Yes, um, I think academic. more generally as well. When you when you're applying, there are very few ticks that absolutely have to be there it's it's a real general picture and I don't think there's any tick that absolutely has to be there with contextual or personal circumstances taken into account if there's been problems or whatever so uh, we're very much interested in in the best people and they come in all shapes and sizes. Steve don't forget we do interview um, the majority of people who apply so it's not a question of the personal set making you stand out so you'll get an interview nor really is it a question of a personal statement that, that could disbar you from interview. I think we're looking at the whole application form when it comes to deciding who we're going to interview. And I think, I think that's actually quite a, an important message for people who are applying to Oxford. For many universities, you will stand or fall on the basis of your reference and personal statement yeah. because there is no other mm-hmm. element to the selection process. Whereas here we have submitted work, we ask people to uh, sit aptitude tests mm. um, and also obviously there are other factors that we're, we're building into the whole process, not least the interview. One thing that sometimes candidates are confused about is whether they add into their personal statement or, or use their personal statement to talk about 
circumstances that have disrupted their education or, or you know led to or maybe use it to explain maybe poor performance at GCSE do you feel that's the place of the personal statement or is that more for the referee to be focusing on I think it's definitely more for the referee it's the kind of thing that if, if somebody's got issues like that they want to bring up the best way to do it is to let make sure the school knows so that on the school reference or whoever else is doing the reference it comes forward I think it comes forward with more authority when it when it comes from that kind of uh, Yes. Well, it could be made, you know, they can be put into some sort of context then rather than the applicant trying to work exactly. out themselves what the likely mm -hmm. impact has been. And it can then be sent at any time right up to the time that they complete their A-levels or equivalent. Yes, yeah, so well. circumstances that happen afterwards, yeah. it, it, it should be something that the, the, the student makes sure their school or college forwards on to us rather yes. than just sitting waiting till the A-level results are out and then using it as a retrospective Absolutely, uh, yes. justification yes. No, for performance. Thank you very much for your input into that discussion about personal statements. Obviously, for many applicants, that's quite a key part of the whole process and for many of them, quite a nervous, uh, nerve-wracking element to the process. For those of you who want to follow on, then we do have a website uh, which has all our podcasts on, and that's www.admissions.ox.ac.uk forward slash podcasts. For those of you who wish to engage with us uh, for future podcasts, then we do uh, very much welcome your emails uh, at podoxford at admin, A-D-M-I-N, dot ox, dot ac, dot uk. And just to show that we actually do listen to what you say, then the questions that we had today were provided by a student at Ridd High School who is trying to collate information for a number of universities uh, and provide uh, a booklet to his friends who are applying to university. So thank you very much for that.